Hello, beautiful people and fellow miners, and welcome to another episode of A Little Something 2, the number two, wine about, because it's two of us, your host, Siobhan Camille. Okay, that's a new one. Listen. Do you want to say your name? Or we just, okay. Oh, anti Michelle. <laughs> oh, it's that, y'all, it's been that kind of week. Um, Let's get real. It's real right now. Okay. Real crazy, real funny, real stupid. We're just real, okay? Um, every week on at Wednesday at noon, you know, on your lunch break, on this hump day, because humpy, humpy, hump, hump, hump. Hump day? It is for Wednesday, so this episode is for the culture. And we are still in August, Black August. Black Business Month. And so we are going to take this time to discuss the importance of Black business and entrepreneurship. If you've been with us this month, and I hope that you have, um, we talked to Shoe Crazy Wine Ladies a couple weeks ago about, you know, business family and all that Black girl business magic. We had Carl Gray with us last week, and he talked about tips to start your business and stuff. And now we're just going to talk, just us. It's just the two, you know. Talk about this thing called entrepreneurship and business, and why it's and important in the black community, and why we gotta keep it keep it going, and all the good stuff, and all the other stuff that come along with it. You know, because entrepreneurship is a thing. It's a thing. It's a big thing. It's almost it's as big as the word. That is a long word with a whole lot of lot of letters. And so grab your glass to the point of red, white, rosé, sparkling cider, pinot de agua, <laughs> as, Carl, as Carl said last week. Yeah. And join us on the couch with your friend. Grab a friend and join us on the couch, man. Yes. Grab your homie, your boo friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your he, she, it, they, us almost trying to sort of might be a human friend as, as, as we sit here and talk about this wonderful topic guys i hope you are having a better week than i am it has been crazy uh it has been a crazy one for me to say the least um but i'm making it i'm making it you know life trials tribulations and hiccups they happen but it's all about the comeback, the pivot, as we like to call it here, or a little something about, about the pivot, the turn, the switch up. Um, that shows you who you are in these times. So y'all know we on the shoe crazy wines. Ha! That rhyme. Aha, at our bars. Um, <laughs> we've been oh. on the shoe crazy wine this month. Um it wasn't planned, but it worked out this way. And I'm not going to lie. I've been happy about it. Okay. So let's talk about this pop and grapes experience before we get into this wonderful topic. Um, we both finally this week have a shoe crazy wine. As y'all know, it's been impossible to find. Yo, they're and, popular and pop in. And popping. Okay. Popping grapes. Okay. With the double, like, well, the double, double P's. Popping grapes yeah so they they was popping you know all that um 
So Siobhan, let us know what's your popping grapes experience. So I have the this is making me curious. Oh, I think it's a double label. Okay, that's interesting. Anyway, I have the sweet harmony. It's a sweet white wine. I am y'all know I like white, so I'm looking forward. Yay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I have the. Yep, I'm waiting for you to say this one. Okay, hold on. It's French. I know. Mid, maybe nope. 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 My? Nope. Me, my, no, nope. they, yep. Okay. Okay, well, then that don't sound French. That Melange. Melange. Mm -hmm. Am I saying this wrong? <laughs> no, you're saying it right. I just like okay, saying it. Right. So, so, keep saying it. Am I saying this wrong? <laughs> okay, I'm I'm a, my French accent is going to improve, I promise, at some point. I don't know when, but at some point it will. Yeah, I turned that really. You said it's French and I literally went lame. Lame. That's why we said Chinese. I said you're not pronouncing that right at all. I'm not. Yep, my brain literally was like, and we're we're stopping. <laughs> melange, melange. Okay, melange a red wine. Okay. Oh well, let me pour it. Let's let's pour it, cause y'all, the struggle with that there cork was real. I'm not even about to show y'all. It it was it was it was something, and because I trust. Ooh, I trust them so much. Oh, that's a pretty color. It is. Um, I'm gonna I'm stop clinging when it's not time to cling. <laughs> um, premature clinging. Yeah, my premature. <laughs> <laughs> so black business and entrepreneurship, guys. So it's a thing. It's important. Black business is important. Yes. Okay, I gotta get my mind back right. Oh, sorry, I had a, it was a moment there. Yeah, so black entrepreneurship. Um, well, entrepreneurship in general is important, no matter what color you are. But since we are speaking of for the culture, specifically for us, this is, it is important um, because it helps to keep, one, it, like we, when we spoke with Carl, it, it's, it inspires, uh, creativity. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a stream of wealth that can be gained through this um, stability. Um, and it's something that we need. We need to see us in places of ownership, um, in places of leadership, and to be an entrepreneur when you have thought of something and nurtured it, you know, into a business um 
it means something and, and, and it's worth more than what you think it is, especially in the community and, and the generations to come. They see it and you inspire them to, to uh, want to or inspire them to maybe they don't want, they don't see themselves as an entrepreneur, but they can see themselves as a helpmate for that entrepreneur. So that again, a job is you're supplying jobs for your community. You're creating spaces, spaces that are sometimes harder for us to be in. And that's just naturally, that's just the way this world is. We did not make it this way. But it is what it is. So because it is what it is, we have to learn how to live in it. And this is one way we can kind of, well, not kind of, we can really start to have our own say-so in the directions that we want our lives, our family, our legacies to go. Um, so for me, that's why it's important. Um, and I'm not going to hold this episode um I as I stated before I've been in the entrepreneurship role a few times I <laughs> I have assisted entrepreneurs I have seen entrepreneurship literally all my life my father has his own business in HVAC uh, my grandmother's or professional seamstress um, my other grandmother literally had a whole store, like gas station. It was a gas station in South Carolina. She got rid of the gas pumps and then it was just a store. And then she also sold and um, in like, it was sectioned off. She had a sewing room in the back. She sold curtains and seems like full blown seamstress inside the store. And the store also had a kitchen. So it, yes, it was a lot. So seeing that and um, firsthand the struggles of budgeting, you know, financing and figuring it out um, and then seeing the good, the profits from it. I've, I've been on, uh, I've seen it in a lot of different ways. Um, and for me, I feel that's a blessing. I'm fortunate enough to see that because a lot of us in our community don't get a chance to see it. Or if we see it, we don't fully know what it is or what it took to get there, even in the slightest of uh, environmental situations. So to me, it's important so that we can continue to grow us, our wealth, our legacy. And y'all, we're just downright creative for real, like for real. So let's, 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 let's get our coins for it. Um, Shimon, why is it important to you? Let's just start there. Any type of business, and any, this is what I'll say. First of all, you're going to have to end up in some, in some form of business at some point, unless you're going to be like a welfare queen or in jail. Okay. You're going to end up having to work for somebody. So either you work for somebody else or for the self yourself, the self somebody, it's important because it gives independence. Um, and in a world where dependency is a thing, uh, it's very much encouraged. In a lot of ways, it's required. It does give you the ability to start on your own. I think that Black businesses, it stands as important, not only because 
it gives that individual independence, but it also builds wealth, as she said, in the community. Um, it's an inspiration to people coming up behind you. And more than that, the thing with me about Black business is that it, when you go into it, if you go into it correctly, you learn wealth, you learn money. And the truth is, as we said in with the ladies of, of Shoe Crazy Wine, that's not something we're taught in school, anyone. Very few schools teach money. Mm -hmm. But every bank is willing to hand you a credit card the minute they find out you turn 18 and they are watching. They are hawk watching to make sure, oh, you just turned 18 and mail you a credit card. You don't know what to do with that. You don't even really know what credit is. Um, a lot of the stuff that we are not aware of, I was looking up, for example, I was looking up uh, one of the largest Black-owned bank in One United in the country. And they have a lot of great programs going on. And the one thing that, they, that they're doing is trying to help invest in, in the community. And that's why that's important. It's because of money. There's another one that's a startup right now. I can't think of the name of it. But part of their, their financial business is would also be Black advisors, financial advisors. There are a lot of things that we don't learn till our 30s or 40s, if at all, which automatically puts us behind. And we're not necessarily sharing with our children that definitely we should. And business, if your child grows up seeing you in business, they're going to learn something, even if it's from something nothing else than watching. As Brittany said about her mother, you know, she had seen her go through the corporate world. So she was already introduced to it. You've seen your fit, you know, your father had his own business. You were introduced to it. A lot of us don't see that. And a lot of people don't talk about money in the, in the black community, the way that they should. It's like this big secret. I remember asking my, my grandfather had been like been retired by the time I asked this question, but I remember asking him how much he had made when he was with uh, the company that he had been with. And he and my uncle were like, oh no, you don't ask, you don't ask a man that. Now the irony is they had literally five minutes before asked me my weight. I thought you don't ask women their weight. Granted, I was like, or age, but you don't ask a girl her weight or age. But if I ask you about your money, like that's a huge issue. And it is something that's personal and I get that. And it's not something that you necessarily want to broadcast to the world. But the irony of that is there was a woman at, a black woman actually who started this and I don't I do remember the company but I'm not I'm not gonna shout them out I'm just saying it was a tech company and she started a spreadsheet and said everybody plug in plug in your salary and while there were people who were like oh no I don't want to and people who are apprehensive and ashamed either ashamed or because they didn't want to know whatever reasons people don't want people to know when more and more people started filling out this spreadsheet you were seeing the gaps and seven people off of this spreadsheet went to their managers and negotiated higher salaries because it holds companies accountable. That's the other reason that I've realized we have to stop being ashamed to talk about money. If you make, it's, let's say you're broke. Let's say you are in the poverty. You make 20,000 20, a year and you don't want to tell that to your kid. Why? Because they're watching you. So be a motivation like, listen, I didn't make the best decision choices and decisions and now struggling financially at however old making 25 a year 25,000 because please understand that rich people are not hiding their salaries from their children 
because no. they're using that as motivation. I make five million. You need to make at least this or do better. It's it's that if you're not telling, and and also because if your child knows you're a mechanic, but they don't know what you make, and they don't know what the cost of living is, and they don't know real concept of what money is. That's why a lot of people keep making the bad decisions financially that they make, and these quote unquote generational curses that people like to talk about financially because no one has taught them or they have no concept of other than the generic lawyer doctors make money. There's no concept of everybody else. And there are so many other jobs and levels of jobs that can make you money. People mm -hmm. look at that, you know, you can have a hairdresser who makes $20 a head versus you also have hairdressers that make 20,000 a head. It depends on your clientele more so to an extent than what you're actually doing. So I think the importance of business to me is to pass on that knowledge of wealth, because if you've built a business, then you, you are knowledgeable about money and finances and loans and credit and all of these other budgeting and everything else that is important. And more than, I'm not saying racism is not a factor. I'm not saying anti-blackness is not a factor because it is, but to me, even more than that is the wealth gap. Because if I if I keep you poor, then you always have to come to me. It's that whole teach a man to fish versus give a man to fish. If I don't ever teach you how to fish, well, guess who you always have to come to for the fish, which means I can dictate whether you get flounder, salmon, tuna, the good stuff, the bad stuff. I can detect what everything you get because you can't do it yourself. So Absolutely. entrepreneurship and business is important from the from the stance to me of independence financially mm -hmm. if done well and done right yeah um to that point um when we talk about when we talk about entrepreneurship um i remember the first time i heard that word and it was when i saw it on my schedule for high school and of course the full word wasn't up there um and I re actually remember picking the class. And so because I saw my dad, you know, he has his own business. My mom worked for DC government. So I'm like, oh, okay, I want to go. And I wanted to, my dream was to have my own dance studio. And so, well, one, it was not even that. It was to own a building. And the building was going to have a dance studio on one side and a theater on the other um but it was the locate i had the locations going to downtown dc i don't know what this building where this building was whatever but this was like this was my goal after i got off tour with different dancing with jenny jackson because i was going to be one of her background dancers that money was going to go to me buying this building so that was going to lead me into my entrepreneurship if that didn't work then i was going to go work for the government say, you know, do my loans and all of that stuff and get my building and start my business and hire people, you know, to keep it going because I'm CEO. Like, you know, y'all do the work. I'm here to oversee. That was my goal. But before that, I was like, well, I know I got to go to school. So when they start asking me my classes, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to take I want to take, I want, I, they was like, well, what you want to do when you grow up? I was like, I want to have my own business. So they was like, okay, so you need entrepreneurship. 
what is that? And the lady was like, you want to own your own business and you don't know what an entrepreneur is? What's my face? What is that? And my dad is like beside me and he's like, I'm an entrepreneur. Okay. So that means you have your, your own your own business. Oh, okay. Well, then that's what I want to do. Now, mind you, this was sixth, seventh grade. So yeah, I was getting out of sixth grade. So they were like, okay, well, when you get in high school, you want to say entrepreneurship. So I remembered that. The long word, <laughs> entrepreneurship. Like that's it. I had to memory dyslexia. It's a thing. So I signed up for it when I, after I finished middle school. I signed up for entrepreneurship one and two, Carl. Uh, <laughs> and I knew being an entrepreneur, money was involved. So I signed up for accounting one and two. The good, I'm glad that I signed up for accounting one and two because where they actually taught you, you know, the ledger and how to balance your checkbook and X, Y, and Z. I always saw my mom do it, but I was never curious enough to go and inquire what she was doing. I was like, oh, she paying bills. Left it at that. But taking that class opened up a whole new world for me. You know, we learned how to write money orders. I know you guys don't know how to do that nowadays. We learned how to write money orders, how to write checks, and, you know, how to deposit a check, in, a, a physical check into your account. You know, before direct deposit was a big thing, you know? Thank God for direct deposit, though, man. Right. We learned how to, you know, send money Western Union, MoneyGram. Those are companies. They're real. I promise you. They still do that for certain rent stuff. For certain, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just, you know, letting these people know it wasn't always an app. (laughs) You know, Fridays, everybody tried to get off work early so they can go to Western Union real quick to pay their bills real quick, like, fast, because they wanted to beat the line, like, that was a thing. Um, so I knew accounting was an entrepreneurship. Accounting. It goes together. After taking those classes, I never correlated how to put it together. So for me, that was the challenge. And my parents talked to me, and I'm going to be honest with you, I sounded like they were speaking French, and I knew Italian. Yep. Even with all the classes that I took, I understood the classes. I understood the information I was given. It just didn't connect until later. And the later became when I actually started to do my own little business thing, you know? Um, And that's when it was, oh, oh. And then I realized the things that I like, the things that I don't like. But I also realized how people gave up so easily me being one of those people um on certain things but it also made me realize if i'm going to do this then it has to be something that i'm absolutely driven towards so it made me say if i'm going to do this i'm going to focus it has to be something i can focus that i i really want to do um which is partially a reason why i haven't gone back to school so but but I say all this to say simply when, if you're thinking about true entrepreneurship, it's scary, you know, because you can get the information, you can grasp the information and still not know what to do with it. 
he can still deal with those personal feelings of can I actually do this you know well I tried this and I failed I don't want to fail again you know um it can take a toll on you mentally uh entrepreneurship is not for the weak um and if you know you can't do it by yourself I encourage you to get a partner someone you can trust someone who has the same vision as you, someone who can see your vision and help you to have it to come to pass. Um, get you a Siobhan, get you a Carl. Um, <laughs> don't shake your head. I'm don't not get saying get Siobhan. Don't get, get you, don't get you for me, man. Don't get you with me. Yes, get you get a. you and me with a better temper then, because I don't. That's okay, that's fine. Get you an accountability person. There you go. There you go. For me, that's the Siobhan. If that's what it's got to be, <laughs> I give you that. And 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 go for it. And go for it. Um, don't don't let fear don't let fear. I would say don't let fear stop you. Um, but also don't be afraid to succeed because I found out later on that was one of my fears. Spelling wasn't an issue. I felt it so much stuff before that that's not the issue. My issue was if this really works, are you, how are you going to maintain? My thing is understand that most businesses fail. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry to tell people that if you have a delusion that everything is great the truth is people only talk about the successful because it it's what they want to see you are constantly everybody talks about the one percent financially like you know the facebook's and the microsoft's and the apples and everybody always wants to talk about the one percent the oprah's the beyonce's the jay-z's all the one percent of entertainers and everything else but understand that that life coach standing up there who's like i did it you can do it too but not probably not to that scale like and that's just being honest i mean even if you just look at youtube and i realize that we are on youtube so i'm saying this realistically there's so much competition everywhere because there are so many people and you may never get a thousand subscribers you may never get a million followers if people are still you know doing that whole thing and that's their whole goal in life you may never your business may never make a million but don't let the other people's definition of success stray you either. Like figure out what right. your definition of success is. But right. also know that you may get, most don't succeed. And even those who did like 42% of black businesses closed after during COVID, mm -hmm. which sucks. And I know people focus on that and people don't talk about the white businesses that fail either. Like they quick to say, oh, 42% of black businesses went down. How many white businesses fail? Oh, shh, shh. we don't want to talk about that either. So but see, not only that, how many black businesses actually launched because of launched COVID? because of COVID? Right there. First of all, understand that all of that reporting and numbers and percentages and statistics are heavily, heavily, heavily biased, heavily skewed and heavily manipulated. Um, and as someone who has always been a fan of math and numbers, please, if you think I'm playing at me, and I will shut any of any of it down, any of it, because get raw data. This is why I don't like when people hand me percentages aside. I don't like when people hand me percentages, 
get me the raw data because the percentage you can manipulate to say whatever you want if you cut out enough of the of certain groups if you get that denominator small enough or big enough to where you need it to be to say whatever you want it to say you can but it's like you know one in a hundred women no 10 in a hundred women are gold diggers let's say oh you've surveyed 100 women and only 100 and only 10 are gold diggers yeah but that's 10 percent. right that's not bad no 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 we can't say that well okay let's let's do this of that 100 how many were asian like five how many of the asians said okay no we'll cut them out how many were this how many were 18 to 24 cut them out. and people will manipulate that 100 and that 10 until it's like well if you say we got five out of 20 did that that's better that's better that's better that's a quarter run with that say a quarter like people manipulate numbers okay that's just aside but understand that most businesses do fail but you learn in the process mm -hmm. you can't be afraid of failure even if you're afraid of failure don't be afraid to learn what? because there are lessons in that failure and i know that what? that is like a cheap thing that people hear people hear that all the time and like thomas edison failed 100 times and such and such failed 100 times and people tell you all this before they were uber 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 successful because again they're giving you the one percent of this person failed 100 times and then they were successful they will tell you well jk Rowling didn't make her first million until she was 40 something to give you like hope that at 40 something you could be a millionaire it could happen but understand that that's still one percent like it's extremely unlikely that you're going to be a millionaire my uncle who is a musician asked me once and he was like what is your goal like financially and i was like i don't, I don't know i was in, like high school i don't want to be broke was pretty much <laughs> and he was like well we were talking about being entertainers and at that time i wanted to be an entertainer i want to be singing dancing all over the stage and have backup dances and everybody else but then i also realized like i don't want to be responsible for that many people so probably not um but he was like you know he'd gotten offers to tour with this person and this person and this person in the 70s and 80s that he turned down he was like i had a family here and i'm good and you have to also ask do you have to be a millionaire because there's nothing wrong with being a like solid hundred thousandaire quite frankly like your bills are still paid you're still good right like what do you why do you need a million why is 150,000 not good enough especially if you consider most people on their own individually will not see that either mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you are going to open a business and it's been said by all of the guests that we had this month it has to be something you're passionate about because of that because it's going to get hard. It's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There are going to be moments of concern and question and feelings of failure and doubt. Time, and doubt and times where you may feel like you have a, an imposter syndrome complex going on and you have to push past that. There are going to be times when the lights may get turned off or be two seconds. You may have seven people walk out on you and you have to cover their jobs and shifts. Good Lord. Allergies. Um, but you have to keep moving. And even if you fail, take the lessons learned. Um, we clearly, as y'all know, we are still, for our, for our subscribers who are following us, all of our listeners, we are still humble beginnings. It's only been a year and some change, but a lot of things have been learned, man. Woo. That would not have been learned otherwise. In any other way. <laughs> In any other way. 
Um, also, I will say what that allow yourself grace and space. And I say that a lot. Allow yourself grace and space to learn. Allow yourself grace and space to make those mistakes. Um, because you'll learn not to do them again, or you learn how to uh, work through them or avoid them, you know, um, prevent them, whatever the case may be. But we're saying all of this because I have children. Siobhan is raising children. And I have a child who is most likely, and he can go a, new, a number of ways, following in the entrepreneurship realm. He's doing things now that follows, okay, this could be a possible place for you. Um, whereas to when I was growing up, yes, my parents always said, oh yeah, you can have your own business. Absolutely. You know, but if that's what you want to do, then do it. And, and it was just that. I know a lot of people don't even get that conversation. Right. A lot of people, it's go get it, go to school, go get a job, X, Y, and Z. Now my parents did teach, so did preach me go to the go to school thing. It just didn't work out all the way. I didn't finish. Um, so with that knowledge, I now preach to my children work ethic, ethnic, work ethic versus go to school, get a degree. Yes. That's an option. Is that something that I asked you to aim for? Absolutely. Because in this world today, that dumb tail piece of paper means a lot to somebody. Um, that and I'm, 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 I'm saying it like that because it's true. That dumb piece of paper means a lot to somebody when it comes to hiring you. Um, I remember we always used to say in college, like senior year, <laughs> Just give me my receipt, man. Just give me my receipt. Yeah. That's all that it is. is. Like a I, receipt. It's just a receipt. Like I, I went to college and I'm I'm burned a lot of people off when I say this. It really doesn't teach you much. Um, I and I will grant you depending on different majors. And I know people are like, oh, you are a dance major, so on. Please don't think that I didn't have the capacity to do anything else. I just didn't have the I didn't have the passion or desire. And I really didn't have the passion or desire to do dance after the first two years. I got through junior and senior years solely because I didn't feel like, I, I felt like I started, I should finish. That's that's really what it came down to. I didn't even want to be there. I didn't really want to be there in the first, my college experience, y'all, I took a lot of people off. I got a story, I got a story. Um, but for most, a lot of us, it was just like, yo, just get me my receipt. And yeah. the truth is most people don't check their transcripts anyway. You could have been the worst in your job at you. Oh, can I see your transcripts? What? None of that. I've had two jobs that I've ever applied for asked to see my transcripts. I've had, I've had two. The I've only, had two. only thing I have been asked for is for um, my high school diploma. Nope. I've had two ask me for my transcript. And quite honestly, no one's asked for proof of my, of my, of my degree anyway. Like, it's fun. It's not funny, but I had a, I went to a, uh, I went to an after school program as an when I was in elementary school, and I came to find out like maybe ten years later. So sometime when I was in high school, the director got arrested for fraud because she had lied on her uh, resume about her degree. She didn't have it. She didn't have it. 
she I think she had a bachelor's or something, but in her degree, like in her resume, she padded it, said she had a master's in like child childhood development or something. She kept me from dying when I <laughs> so she was good in my book. I had an allergic reaction to lilacs. That's how I found out I was allergic to a lilac. She saved me from dying. So she was good to me. But um, childhood development, she didn't need a master's. She kept a kid alive. I say that that's a win. Um, but it I think that was a moment in my life where I was like, people don't check for that. Like as a kid, I just feel like if you're asking if this is a thing, that there's someone who in HR or some department is calling verifying. and verifying. You didn't verify because y'all are taking her down 10 years, 10 plus years after she was the director while I was there. And she had been the director for like 10 plus years before I got there. So it took y'all 20 something years to figure out that she lied about a man. But this is my thing with that too. With her, I was like, well, at this point, she's got like 20 years of hands-on experience. Does she need <laughs> Like whatever yeah. she would have learned in 1970-something, would it really have mattered in 1990-something anyway? Like, no. no. And that's the other piece <laughs> to that. Like, okay, you have this expensive receipt that only matters in certain places that they may or may not even verify. And then you go to a job and say, yeah, I have this degree in, in psychology. psychology and you are going for a job that in cybersecurity. Cool. They don't check. They don't care. They just wanted to know that you had the degree. So you paid enough money for, you paid for an education. What? Like, That's so really it's not, so that I'm saying this because now I'm preaching to my children Yes, school should be like, that's your first, this is my role. Now, with my father being HVAC, I also know about trade schools. School um, is, college is important. Any school is important if you learn something. If right. you're it, not learning something, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it, no, it doesn't. it doesn't matter whether that's trade school, whether that's elementary school, whether that's high school, whether that's college, whether that's middle school, regardless of the school, because I knew people in high school that just showed up to pass. Like, if you're not learning anything, it doesn't matter. Our Again, our, our guest, uh, Brittany of Shoe Crazy, please check that out. That was an awesome episode of Shoe Crazy, flat out admitted that she learned more you know, so from her mom, learn more from her mom and going through real world hands, hands on experience than she would have in a classroom. And I will tell anybody, especially in college, anything you learn is theoretical. It's all in theory. It's not practical until you do it. But, that's, but they tell experience. you that though, yes. when you're writing the a thesis, it's theoretical. It's a point of view. It's, it's not, you know, I so. Yeah, so, and that's why I tell, them, I tell my kids, no matter what, your work habits are what I'm more concerned with. Yes, you gotta, you gotta stay on the road because we ain't done. You gotta learn something. However, it's, it's about your work ethic. This is what those, that time management skill, that organization skill, you know, that ability to work with others, those are the skills that I'm more concerned with when you're going to school. Yes, I want the grades. Well, you got to bring me the grades. But if you're practicing at all of these skills, then you'll get the grades. And I want you to get the skills because whether you go work for someone or work for yourself, 
you still have to manage your time. Yep. Create a schedule. Yep. Now you're trying to manage your finances. You mm-hmm. still are managing things. You have to manage your life. So yep. that skill set is to be developed through time. And to me, that's the job of a parent. So that's why no matter what, whichever way you go, I don't care. I want you to be able to create a, think of something, create a plan and find a way to execute, pass or fail. Find a way to execute because if you keep doing what you're doing in in either direction, you're going to succeed at some point. Now, the level of your success is completely up to you and what you're looking for. But I want them to know, I know it's more than just one way to do this. And that's ultimately the goal. Where in this community, we were all ta- taught, get in line. go to school, go to college. First, it was go to school, get your high school diploma. That was like minimum. Graduate high school. You did it. Then it was go to school, graduate high school. Wait a minute, you need a degree. Okay. Now we're seeing, okay, well, I got this degree and I'm working over here, but my degree is here. So I I don't pay for all this and I'm not doing anything with it. Or I got this degree and I'm doing absolutely nothing with it, but I've created my own business. Or I don't have as far as a degree and I am banging this thing out in success, either in my own business or in the workplace because of my simple work, work ethic. So, and my, and my professional skills that I've gained through just school. And even if you're not gonna go into entrepreneurship and work for yourself, one of the biggest things that I think Carl said um, in our episode was selling yourself. Mm-hmm. And I know he's talking about a business perspective, but even, even Gwen said about Shuhart, you know, when she went, for uh her first corporate job and she went and i bet it's accurate with the typewriter i bet it's accurate though like being able to sell yourself whether you're working or for yourself or for someone else and and we we still come from the black community is the youngest is a very young community in this country which is a very young country like when you consider the fact that like some of these countries go back to the bc days and america don't can't say that America's a young country, okay? As it, as it looks now, it's extremely young. They celebrated the bicentennial within my lifetime, which means y'all ain't been around but so long. If you want to go from the 1492 when he sailed Ocean Blue, but it didn't even get ratified till 1776, it's only 2022. The 1776 was only 300, less than 300 years ago. Really not really not, or to buy Centennial on 25 or something. I remember just big country celebration. Like we turned to 100 or something when I was a lot. But the thing about it is we are a young community and we have to understand the history of us being told, get a degree, get this, get in line. Was always still a get in line. And it's a deeper conversation of a lot of the change that are still psychologically and mentally there from slavery that people don't want to talk about. We're going to talk about it one day on this show. Y'all going to be uncomfortable. But it's still that same thing. It, it comes from the same place of get in line. Get in line. Don't be an entrepreneur. We do business. Y'all people don't do business. Get in line. Get this degree or get this, whatever this piece of paper was, because for a long time, if you got a degree at all, 
you know, the boyfriend's father doesn't have that because when he was growing up, when our grandparents were growing up, quite honestly, you didn't need a degree in anything. It was, it was, are you willing to work? Especially if you were a man, are you willing to work? Yes, cool. Get him on a shrimp boat, get him on a fish boat, get him on truck and something, get him, get him a license so that he can drive this thing. And that was about it. And you learned everything in tandem with your job with whatever you were hired to do. We have to take it to the next level and the next step of entrepreneurship. And I'm so glad when I see so many puzzle businesses or art businesses, or uh, I just read something about a butcher shop in Queens or all of this stuff. And we also have to be more kind and accepting of ourselves in whatever entrepreneurial avenue we wanna take, whether it's, yes. whether it's one or it's a butcher shop or it's this. I, we have to get over the colonized elitist mindset of what jobs are good what jobs are bad what jobs are this what jobs are that and and there's levels to the job you oh you only do hair oh you only do nails oh you only do plumbing no you have to be a doctor you have to be a lawyer oh your kid does puzzles no you don't do because all of that is important a puzzle a puzzle company is important because there are children who want puzzles who play with puzzles there are adults hello who do puzzles. A doll company is important for representation. Yes, it's important to have somebody at Disney, but it's also to have important to have somebody like Tyler, whether you like his stuff or not, Tyler Perry, because that's a different story, or Kevin on stage, because that's different stories, or any of the other content creators out there who are telling their stories and doing it genuinely. It's important to have people all over the place. I don't have an issue with having a seat at, at the table, quote unquote, but understand that you can't, one table is not better than the other. Right. Right. And I, I want, I, um, as we wrap this up, my, I'll just say my final thought. My final thought about this is I want us to continue to grow our businesses. I want us to take to continue to grow in every industry that we decide to enter into, whether it's traditionally black or not. Um, I want us to continue to grow to those industries where they say, "Oh, well, wow, we black people, you know, black people don't do this stuff." No, 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 we do. Um, hello, we're here. I also that's one. So I want us to continue to grow into not just your traditional food. You know, black approved, black approved business, which weren't approved industries for the longest anyway. If we want to get technical, so right. But I want us to continue to grow in, um, in that. But I also want the entire community to start to show grace to one another. Do we know there are some deep rooted things in shopping black? why we don't, why we do, why we should, why some people say we should. We have to allot grace in these things because we are still, like she said, fairly young in this entrepreneurship-esque realm of things where, where we could build to create that generational uh, well, there have always been small businesses, you know, very small businesses here and there, but you know, we can't grow too much because 
the political stuff. But because of that, it's more reason for us to show each other grace. Shop black. Stop being so hard on us. We have to stop being so hard to the point where we put each other down, where we don't leave space for people to grow. Or constantly expecting the, the you know, a lower price. Yes, that, that's part of it. Stop expecting the, oh, oh, the black discount handout. Oh, I'm black, you black. Oh, hook me up. No, pay for it. One reason why are you willing to pay? I'm I'm gonna just say this. I'm sorry. I really don't mean to, but why are you willing to pay everybody else four times what you're willing to pay the black person next to you? Why? Because that's part of that deep rootedness. Um, but that's one. But the other part is is if you really look at it, they might charge us more, especially like in the hair industry. They'll charge you more. So yes, now I do have to raise my prices. So I need for us to understand that understanding and say, okay, yep, I understand. Like, oh, that's what this might, that's what this may be. But and but then on the flip side of that, also as entrepreneurs, I need for us to be busy business as business savvy as our uh, ancestors and then, yeah. were. So we, we, we got to get smarter. And I'm not saying devalue yourself. No, absolutely not. We've been doing that for way too long already. No. But it, it's a common ground that yeah. has to be met. And where as the entrepreneur, you get what you need. You know, you get your profit and you continue to grow. And as the consumer, you get... You get the quality that you're expecting and you're giving the grace of they are growing. Um, and and that, that's that's my final say so. We just, we have, I will say we have been doing a whole lot better and I can see it and I appreciate it. We have been doing a whole lot better. So I want us to continue down this path um, of getting better. But, but continue to, you know, show each other that grace, continue to um, be more open-minded, continue to uh, uh, push those barriers and, you know, boundaries that have previously been set. Um, you know, keep, continue to be those trailblazers. We've always been that. So let's continue to just do that and do it bigger and better and, in a healthy manner where we are literally building and not just taking care of ourselves, not just being selfish with, oh, no, this is mine, but extending it, extending that legacy, extending that wealth, extending it to the next so that we can continue to grow. Um, like some of these other communities, I'm sorry, my lashes are shutting. I'm going to just say my thoughts are there are, to the grace point, we have to stop. We have to stop holding each, holding ourselves and each other up to high standards that nobody can ever meet. Mm. It's and and it's something that was put on us because it's something that's un, unattainable, and the people who put it on us knew it was unattainable. There's this thing like we're expected to be black sainthoods, which is the same mentality of when somebody gets murdered. Oh well, he stole a pack of gum when he was seven years old. 
he was 42 when you killed him. Like, what does that have to do? It's that that level of sainthood where, oh no, I can't, I'm not, I'm not buying from her. Oh, I can't, you know, you can't trust black people, you can't buy from black people, you can't. A lot of the negativity we say about each other was instilled in us externally. And it's all lies. It's not true. Now, can you trust every black person standing next to you? No. But can you trust every non-black person standing next to you? Absolutely not. Can all of them trust each other? No. Um, if you're not clear on that, watch the international news and you will notice this, okay? Uh, the North Koreans can't leave their country. Okay? That's facts. You want to talk about somebody who doesn't? That's their own. Their own leader is like, you can't leave this country. I'll kill you. Literally. So it's not a matter of, oh, Black people can't get along. Yes, there were Black slave owners. We acknowledge that. Yes, there were Black overseers. We acknowledge that. Yes, there are Uncle Ruckuses for real, for those who watch the Boondocks. In real life, we acknowledge that. If you didn't watch the Boondocks, Sam, Jack, Sam Jack's character in Django, same person. We understand that. That's, That's not everybody. That's not most people. And if you happen to come across that person that you can't trust for whatever reason, keep it pushing the same way you would with a non-Black person, but don't sit here and be like, oh, you're Black, I'm Black, we're supposed to. It's unrealistic. It's it's not going to happen. Population-wise, there are 12, sorry, that's a low ball. I was going to say there are 12.5 million of us, but there are more than that. It's like 46.5 million of us. In this country, there's no way that 46.5 million of anybody is going to all get along. You can't even get 10 people in a room. You can't get five kids in a room that are siblings that all get along at all times. Your kids don't always get along. You and your siblings don't always get along. You and your family members go at it sometimes. Like, let's stop having these unrealistic expectations of each other that breathe this resentment and these expectations of you're supposed to do this. Because a lot of the mentality that we have toward each other is something that was externally foisted upon us. The same way that a lot of the internal things we internalize forces upon us as well, but that's the one for another time. Give us grace and mercy to that. And as we grow, especially in who we are as people and in who we are in business. What she said as I struggle to put this half a quart back in here because I don't want this wire going. It's all right. Uh, darling, can you pass me the a wine cork? I mean, you know, the top, please. Because y'all remember when I told y'all I had a struggle? She hope. Whatever. So I'm gonna just say while she over there trying to figure out a cork. So um I guess I was supposed to clink and cheers to that. God. Oh I, I can clink. Oh, and it was the double clink. I don't know what it is about this glass. It likes to double clink. Cheers to that. Okay. So this says a scintillating sweet wine created from superior grapes with crisp citrus notes and hints of sweet apple. You know what? I think the sweet apple is what saved this because I don't really chase citrus like that. Um Shoe crazy is in here, y'all. Like, I'm getting, I'm understanding why they're sold out. I'm understanding. I, I'm understanding. I'm late to the party, but I'm here now. And I understand. Extremely tardy. Like, wholly not on time. Completely on CPT. I'm going to show up when I get there. It starts at five. I'll be there at eight. 
Um, <laughs> I'm that late. But this was really good. It is a sweet white. It does have the citrus, which I normally don't like, but I, I did in this one. Um, I'm not sure what blend this is because I'm pretty sure this is not one pure grape, but it's, it works for me. So I'm actually going to give this, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this a four. I'm going to round up. I was going to give it 3.75, but I, I'll give it a four. Um, yeah, this is good. I had two glasses, so that's why I guess the four. Because if I really am like, eh, <laughs> you get one. Um, for the red one. The melange. Yeah, for that. I am going to give this a 3.75. Um, I think I'm finding out that I don't prefer red blends. Like, I'd rather it just be a straight red. A straight, like Cabernet, you know, a, a yeah, a Merlot, like, be that great. Um, the blending, I think it kind of cancels itself out, but that's just in general red blends. This red blend, though, I didn't finish my glass, but I feel like I did finish my glass because I feel like this is a dinner wine. Mm. This is your steak, you know, chicken breast dinner wine. So where it was good, it's not your sit down, talk and conversate wine. Yeah. Okay. Um, but this with a nice like dinner, I feel would be like, oh, perfect. Like it would, I feel that's why I gave it a three seven five because I couldn't give it the four because I feel like I should be eating with this. Um, it was it was smooth. I've had some red blends that have that bite in the back. It doesn't have that. It does have the tartness that hits the middle of your tongue, but that's it. Once it get passes the middle, it's smooth. It's not. It's not none of that. <laughs> Um, but I, I, I can appreciate this red. Really. I truly do. I just feel like I really should be eating, like really should be eating with this. Like, no, that's why this would get a three, seven, five, um, because of the citrus. I feel, I agree. Like there's something I need to eat. Some, I don't know. And I'm really not a citrus person. That's why this is, you know, if I didn't, I'm, I was going to round up, but if we do on 3.75, so we can actually do the point two fives then i'm gonna give it a I, that's what you said it so and yes i said, said it that's what you said it so i mean you know i'm fine with that i uh, mean we just been i feel like not everything but i'm getting more the certain things fives. Yeah. yeah like some stuff yeah they'll see yeah because i couldn't give this a three three five like that would just no nah, be it's cool. better than a three five yeah it's way better than that and the only reason why this doesn't get a four is because i literally feel like i should be this is a dinner wine to me most this reds are dinner wines though um yeah so and it's it's a good dinner wine though like it's like oh i if let's say you want a romantic date like like all right guys Y'all cook for your girl. You kick some lamb chops, you know. You did a yeah, steak. fellas. Are y'all listening? Y'all you know are listening. Y'all are wine. <laughs> you know, like you, you get that, and you want like, oh, I want to serve a wine, and you know that she she does drink red because I know it's safe to go with white, um, because whites tend to be sweeter. 
But if you know she does like a red, this is a great red blend to get for that date night. Also, because of the brand and it's like woman geared with the shoe on it, you know, it, I'm just giving you a couple, you know, nudges, you know what I'm saying? Help you out a little bit, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a conversation piece too. So, fellas, we here to help y'all because y'all listen. Just trying to help you. Y'all listen to us. We just trying to help you be romantical and stuff. So yes, 3.75. This is a great dinner wine. If it's, if you're doing this for a dinner wine, it's four. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this brings us to the wonderful another wonderful conclusion of a little something to wine about Ooh, with your hostesses of the mostesses, Ty Michelle <laughs> and Siobhan Camille. I gotta find a good hand. Uh, <laughs> My nails are breaking and my nail tech is out of the country right now for the next month. Oh, oh, I know that struggle. I know that struggle. Guys, be sure to join us each and every Wednesday at noon for a brand new episode. Of course, you'll get more laughs, more fun, and more wine, and more whining. So just join us every week. We are live the last Saturday of each month at 3 o'clock eastern standard time so if you want to see us live don't grab that couch it's on a saturday it's the weekend grab a seat on the couch grab your mate grab your best friends come sit down on the couch grab your wines while we do our wine out wine tasting where we laugh answer random questions and we rate wines of course so be sure to join us then and remember as always, there's nothing wrong with a little wine or a little wine. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for whining with us on this episode of A Little Something to Wine About. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Be sure to join us live the last Saturday of every month on YouTube or Instagram. And we'll see you next Wednesday for more fun, more laughs, and of course, more wine.